The world is a tumultuous place, full of conflict, dissension, ill will. Sometimes it seems there is no respite, made less tolerable by our inability to make meaningful connections in our lives. In an age of distrust and unrest, it can seem almost impossible to meet a life partner. There is still a power that offers strength, hope, trust, and companionship, and it has always been love power. Learn how to harness your love power with Dr. Janet Page, renowned psychotherapist and author of Get Married This Year, 365 Days to I Do. Dr. Page will help you channel the power you possess to find your partner and achieve happiness, and yes, your love power. Today's episode, Learn to Love and Be Loved. So I'm, I'm just going to go through some stats of okay. yours. <laughs> Dr. Janet Page lives in Atlanta, Georgia right now, and we are calling this podcast Love Power yes. with Dr. Janet Page. I love that name. 30 years of practice in New York and Atlanta, taught at Emory University for 22 years, taught at New School for Social Research for seven years. You speak across the country about communication training, relationship skill building, improving self-marketing, how to find and keep love, achieving excellence in business and professional relationships, and much more. You've done many, many stints on national television, CNN, HLN, which is headline news, folks, when it was really headline news. Um, Fox, The Early Show on CBS, NBC. You've written articles for major news outlets, U.S. News and World Report, The New York Times, New York, New York Magazine, New York Daily News, Ladies Home Journal, Men's Health Magazine, Glamour Magazine, uh, Self, Fox Magazine, Atlanta Magazine, The Atlantan, great magazine, beautiful. Atlanta Journal-Constitution, biggest newspaper in the city, and LA Singles, you are a popular contributor to the Huffington Post, etc., etc., and you wrote a book, and I know you've got another one that's in the cooks, uh, Get Married This Year, 365 Days to I Do. Okay, um, that kicks my bio in the butt. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. You're quite prolific. Thank you. You have a great clientele. You've built and adapted and changed your clientele over the years. And you've continually utilized different sources of media to get the word out. Um, tell me, do you like writing for the news outlets or... Or the TV stuff. What do you like better? Or, or both are oh, both are TV. Okay. Okay. Or, uh, well, they're different. I mean, you're beautiful. Writing. You're beautiful. Oh, thank Check you. her out. <laughs> Check her out online, folks. She's beautiful. Writing is really tough. Yes. I'm an off the charts extrovert. So okay. to talk to people is my energy Got source. It. You write alone. Right, exactly. That's different. I took it up because of the reaching more people. Right. But um, 
the and TV's kind of fun because well, more than fun yeah. because they put a lot of energy into keeping everyone up 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 because on television if you're not up 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 you look dead right um, them with real people I love it. But they, you have to search out the faces that are really there. Yeah. Emory University. Tell, you worked at Emory University. Tell me about your teaching there a little bit. Well, <clears throat> it went on that long because it was just a very popular course. And I aspired to Emory when I moved to town. So I was happy for the opportunity. And I kept at it all that time until I needed to stop to write. Understood. Couldn't do both. Okay. You couldn't? Look at all the stuff you've done. It's incredible. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I want you to stay tuned and listen to... Uh, the guest interview coming up with Dr. Janet Page and Love Power. Again, we are very, very happy to be uh, here uh, with Dr. Janet Page on the Love Power podcast. And uh, Janet, how are you? Good. Thank you, Sarah. It's my pleasure. And please introduce your <laughs> guest. You have okay. a special guest. We do. Mm -hmm. And the Mary Beth Lyles, who was a successful attorney, who, thank God, became a successful literary agent. I could not have written my book without her. And it was... <clears throat> good for all of us, because once Get Married This Year was published, Mary Beth married Andrew 10 months later. It was something like that, or we got engaged. Uh, okay. To, you know, it was and then and Jim and I married eight months later, and the editor married six months later. Are you kidding me? No, it was a good project. <laughs> And now, <laughs> That's Mary Beth switched careers again, and fortunately became a counselor. So she's my colleague. And friend. And friend. friend. Very much friend. Did the love power, I mean, did the, did the book, and I always, I always mess up the title of the book, 365 Days to Say I Do, did that help you? Oh, I thought I thought it was great. I mean, I think everyone on the project was definitely taking notes from the material, okay, and, <laughs> and putting it into practice, you know, as it was coming together. So, is there anything from the book that stood out just personally to you? Um, you know, one thing I remember is you can meet someone anywhere except staring at your ceiling in your apartment. <laughs> And I love the story, how it shows determination and effort, how you and where you and Andrew met. 
Right. So I'm going to preface this by saying to, we are recording this on my 11th wedding anniversary. Woohoo! So kind Aww. of a fun day. Clap, everyone. Fun day to be doing yeah. this. Um, Yay. Andrew. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Andrew and I met at a potluck at the Cathedral of St. Philip's that no one who signed up for attended. <laughs> Except us, which meant, and there was this. So odd. Yeah. There what was did this, you bring? I bought chocolate chip cookies. Okay. That's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a solid, it's a solid choice. Um, and him? Yeah. I think he brought hummus. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like that had been acquired three minutes before he walked in. Got it. Did you dip them? I, not the chocolate the hummus. Chip. Yeah. Not the cookies in the hummus. Okay. Yeah. But um, we, yeah, we met there. It was it was this kind of great program where you're supposed to have dinner parties at other in at other people's houses. Only there was a kickoff where it wasn't a dinner party, and all these people signed up, and then nobody showed up. So we were at a table while all the other tables were full for a couple of hours. Crazy. Yeah, I love that. Memory to be meant to be amazing. Amazing. But they also had the reputation of being one of the least likely places to meet. A very bad rap among church singles. But Mary Beth tried everything. So I, I think you were going to talk about um, the best accessory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm sure that Mary Beth utilized her best accessory. Oh, she does. She has. at the church dinner. I'm sure she did. And she has a beautiful one. Yes, and I can see. Definitely want to cover love basics, and that's number one basic that I'm sure everyone can guess. It's a smile, because smiles say, I like you, I love you, I accept you. They're warm, they're welcoming, and they're non-optional. If you can't smile, no excuse. Practice on furniture, move to furry animals and up to humans and the ones you want to attract. I was just practicing on your dog. Oh, and you wooed him. Love him. Now he loves you. Yeah, we got to get Barkley on here sometime. (laughs) Okay. A deal. Did you smile over the hummus and chocolate chip cookies? (laughs) I I think I must have. Yeah. Although, well, it was a humorous situation. Uh, right, I know. Because we just, it was so awkward. We kept sitting there looking around going, okay, someone's going to show up. Someone's going to show up. Was he laughing? Um, yeah, we, were, we both were. We thought it was hysterical. Because there was just a list of people who had rsvp Right. Yeah. And then, how did the evening end? Was he like, well, let's get together, or... Um, I'll bring the hummus. I'll bring the hummus. I think he suggested that we do something in a couple of days. And he had just moved to town, so I wasn't sure if it was like <gasps> his a, new friend. Right, right. Kind of where where it was going. You but were his island in the sea of confusion. I was the island in the sea of confusion. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice of you. It was. <laughs> it was. But it was fun. <laughs> she does have a beautiful smile. I know. Okay. Very warm, very welcoming. And and you didn't have time at that first meeting to get into a fight. 
We did not, no. Because okay. our good doctor, doctor another the good basic. Doctor. Yep, the good doctor yeah. is that talking anger about anger. Yep. Plays mm-hmm. no part. But in I'm sure love. you've had a fight in 11 years of marriage. Oh, one or two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happened. And anger can be healthy, but only if you channel it. And <clears throat> you channeling it means that you're going after something you need to have come out of it. I think the only reason to shout at a person is if they're about to go over a cliff. Or get hit by a car. Yeah, yeah, that too. Get out of the way. But hitting, shouting, Mm -hmm. demeaning, diminishing, any of it will not work. Okay. We had uh, talked about... It won't work in what way? It's too hurtful because people can be even proud of being able to forgive, but they have no control over forgetting. And if you hit hard enough... You will remember it, and it's not good. I right. don't know if you agree, Mary Beth, but I think if don't, well, I'd say do go to bed angry. If a fight starts, people think stick with that, you know, a bad idea. Bad idea. Right. And as it moves on toward the evening, the likelihood of drama increases exponentially. Because we've been drinking all evening. That too. Really (laughs) fuels it. And I think you get tired too. Tired, a big one. And people match each other. Like one person starts, if the other jumps in with anger, Mm. fuels it. Yeah, going back to the, you know, go to bed angry thing. People don't do their best work at midnight. No. (laughs) They don't do it in In, any any. context. Mm -hmm. When When you're doing your therapy... You, you're a therapist now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you are you a couples therapist? I don't work with couples currently. Okay, but do you when you hear about someone that's having anger issues? How do you start to address uh, it? I always look for what's underneath anger. Right, anger is more of a symptom than a real emotion. Yeah, expand if you don't mind. So I, what is, you know, is this a vulnerability thing and anger is how it's being expressed? Is it frustration? And that is that, you know, and that's how they, why the anger is coming out. There's usually something underneath it. And if you're just addressing the anger, then you're missing what's fueling it. Right. And that's so important. Because for the angry person who's not stopping it, they'll chase away healthy people. Because ultimately, who wants it? I, what you just said just really struck home for me. We, um, we have a neighbor that is very angry from 6 o'clock p.m. on <laughs> every day and is emailing the neighborhood oh dear right 
she's they've asked me to go talk to her oh because i'm the president of our civic association so they've asked me to go talk to this angry woman should i bring a gun no okay email her email her you could be email email her email because then you've got control over the language it's like why go in the lion's den? Because I'm a lion. Well, there you go. Well, if you'd like to chew on her, okay. No. <laughs> Here's what it's a country western song title. Okay. But I love it on this subject. It's hard to kiss the lips at night that chewed you out all day long. Or I think that's more really long. It's long, succinctly. It's hard. Wait, I got her. Hard to kiss okay. the lips at night that chewed you out all day long. Ooh, okay. Or more succinctly, I put it: character assassination is not foreplay. <laughs> that's genius. What do you think about that? I love it. I love it. Do you yeah. like country music? Not really, okay. but yeah, <laughs> me either. But I oh, love, I love the <laughs> titles. <laughs> I do too. I do and too. It's with you work, of course, with individuals. Mm-hmm. But I would think you, neither you nor anyone you know, gets these emergency calls. Big blow up. I'm leaving. They're mm. leaving at eight a.m. Right. 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 Never happens. I like this piece that you wrote um, on our notes here for the for the conversation. If the angry and self indulgent one is you, mm-hmm. seek the counseling you need. I think a lot of people don't understand that. Anger is oftentimes self-indulgent. And if you two ladies could um, sort of break that down, dissect that a little bit, I think that would be very helpful to Mm -hmm. listeners. There, I think it's part of the self-indulgence is not doing what Mary Beth talked about. If you are simply angry, you've got a problem that goes deeper than the current fight. And either you root it out and do something about it or it just will go on. People think that self-indulgence is eating a hot fudge sundae. Um, but this anger can be self-indulgent. Well, it can mean you have your own work to do that you're not doing. Okay. And you're bringing someone else into it. And it's not, you know. Fair. Right. Now, COVID happened. Sure did. It did. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of it. A lot of COVID happened. A lot of COVID. And we didn't date dress. No. (laughs) We didn't. We were, you know, wearing our pajama pants. I mean, I know I was wearing, I'll speak for myself. I was wearing my pajama pants. 
Um, you know, if it was a good day, put a bra on. Well, the fact that we were distinguishing between soft pants and everything else. Very true. But in the things lightened up, I think you need to date dress to get dates. And then the once you've done that part, if you find someone you keep, and that doesn't mean all glam made up, but it not like Kim Kardashian made up. Lord, yes, no. (laughs) She's got a whole team. She has a whole body renovation. Yes. It's not going that far. And I don't know where her real hair ends and her fake hair begins. Who cares? Oh, you're right. Who cares? That's that's the mystery. But the um, looking good enough, COVID didn't count. We were all (laughs) sucking our thumbs doing whatever we needed to do. But the after COVID, you at least owe the person you're with clean hair. Nice smell. Yes. Right? Yes. Not stained clothes. There's basics. We all know things are going to get more casual with commitment. So if you start <laughs> too casual, That's true. it can be very alarming. Wait, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, very few I'm people confused. are wearing things around their house that they're wearing out to work or out mm-hmm. to socialize. So we all, if we're at all honest, realize that that's the case. Yes. So, you know, yes, when, when there's a certain level of commitment, sweatpants are going to come into the relationship. But if you're starting out there, then where is it going to go? Yeah. And don't you get from What if you look really good in your sweatpants? Well, then that might be a different situation. Uh, That could be. But uh, do you get complaints from clients about the way their spouse or partner looks? That's a good question. Um... I, I don't think I've had that particular complaint. But you I need think- to have me come in. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see you. Because I would, I would complain about you that. You would complain about that. I would. Yeah, it's I happening. Would. It's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know my, my husband definitely, like, I'm like, oh, my God, could you please take that green plaid flannel shirt off? Right. Like that thing is the bane of my existence. <laughs> and you've seen it a lot in the last few years. I've seen it so much. Yeah. I like I actually tried to rip it into shreds the other day, like just because we were arguing about this shirt. And it was so well made. I was like, rip it. I'm kidding. And scissors just didn't seem they weren't, powerful. They enough. weren't around uh, at the moment. Enough. That damn shirt. Okay. I'll come see you. (laughs) (laughs) But I really like, I really like Janet about the dressing. Mm -hmm. Because it does something for yourself, too. Yeah. I think so. That you, it's, for me, I like clothes. They're like my toys. You look very nice. Thank you. <laughs> but I usually, whatever <clears throat> the situation, just pull it together in the morning, and then I can forget about it. Gotcha. It's not the most important thing in life. But then you don't have to keep messing with yourself. Mary Beth. With your practice, 
what are some of the love-related, relationship-related themes that you're dealing with? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, and I work with individuals kind of across the age spectrum. Um, I see everything from college dating, which is a lot of fun um, to work with, to life stage transitions, to, you know, a marriage ended and someone's trying to put their life back together. And also I work with a lot of new moms and that is its own whole area of relationship challenge. That's that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Wanted to <clears throat> speak to another love basic, which is being good at rejection. Because, I mean, if you've not been rejected, you're not trying hard enough. It happens. It needs to, and frequently. I think I've experienced people after they're dumb yeah. have looked back at some point and said thank you. Because usually I think if they quit on you, they knew before you did it wasn't working. And they saved you time. Agree with that, but I also think we have to be honest that your first few major rejections are going to be pretty painful. That's true, and I think we don't, we aren't really honest about that. Um, even even in very casual dating, rejection isn't fun. You have to kind of get a little practice at it, mm-hmm. and ultimately be able to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Moving and even in relationships, people, um, if your spouse or partner's having a bad day, they won't notice you're as wonderful as you really are. They probably won't even care. Yeah, I mean, the rejecting party may be reading you really wrong. It doesn't mean there's necessarily anything wrong with you. It may be very much about them. It's always about them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still mad at my first boyfriend for rejecting me. But where would you be if you kept him? Divorced. (laughs) Well, okay. He did save you time. What's a woman? Is a woman cuckolded? What is is it called when a woman is... I think it's non-gender definition. That's what would have happened to me repeatedly. Wait, who's cuckolding? He would have cheated on me. Ah. Like lots and lots of times. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, Janet, how... What are your ideas for handling rejection? Um, Well, to sort it out, because, I mean, if it's a deep, tragic loss of love, you have to stay with it. Mm -hmm. You have to have it. People who don't really mourn, I think, have settled themselves into a numbness. Yes, that stays with them all their lives. What I get concerned about is at a far lighter level, Mm -hmm. because you get people that can flip into mourning that they didn't get a call back for another date. Right. Not worth it. 
And good Lord, it's a texting crisis out there. I've had people to say that they know the person has no interest in them because they text in the morning and didn't get a response till evening. I say maybe they're employed. Right. No, it's... On the other hand, though, you have the whole ghosting phenomenon, which I think <laughs> yeah, is particularly <laughs> devastating, but... Yeah. Ghosting's been around, but I think it just has a... It's taken on a different... It's taken on a, a different... A different life or yeah. something. Yeah. But yeah. It's always been there, but now we have a word for it. Yeah. yeah. You can just not answer the phone before. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. But I think the words helped. It's yeah. like oh, it's it great. makes it almost cute. Everyone's had it. And happen. universal. Right. Yes. Yeah. And... But you don't even... You don't have to be ghosted just by people in, that you're in a love relationship with you can be ghosted by anybody now mm. right business you're a contractor oh, that's true oh my god oh my god no that happened to me they're very good ghosting so i guess that happened to you yeah. it, it has happened to yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a sad mm-hmm. story yeah. it's a- <laughs> oh god I think the thing is, is you make them sign a piece of paper and tell them you're going to sue their asses off. If There's you, always if, that approach, but you know, yeah. if you, less if effective you, in dating. Right. <laughs> if you ghost or, me, you bastard, I'm going to sue you. I, li- I like that idea with my legal background. I really do, but it's not, it's not going to work. Okay. Oh, you know, okay. another drawback in not handling rejection is not being able to ever quit. When you need to, because mm, yeah. you think you can't That's handle a great one. the loss. That's you, a great one. What do you mean? Well, it's that you, because you can't be alone, you don't feel you can replace them. The relationship needs to be euthanized, basically, <laughs> and you can't bring yourself to make that drive to the vet. Mm. Like, because the idea of the absence. Is right. something it's that's scary. scary. Yeah. What else is scary in that rejection? What about if you're doing the one? If you're doing the rejecting, how do you approach? <coughs> well, you smell and you haven't taken a shower. I would so wear that ugly. Coming. You wear that ugly green shirt. Yeah, I would not <laughs> recommend. It doesn't seem like the time. To bring out flaws, I just... Oh, you say, I think you're the best, but I just uh, don't want to see you anymore. That, oh, the, it's not you, it's me. Right. It's how do like you do this? yawn. Everyone's heard that. Right. It's, so how do you get rid of somebody? I think just straightforward. A, I, I, if it warrants it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. people, I don't think you have to have a major confab if you've dated four times or right. five. Right. You know, there's different levels in what's owed. Okay. But respect, make it a conference to serious. And then, you know, it hurts. You owe something to help them ease the pain, but probably not everything they want. No, no. I um I dated this boy in college, and after a week, I broke up with him 
because he was weird and got very attached strangely quickly. Like, it was weird. And the I broke up with him, told him, leave me alone. And the only way to get rid of him was to inflict more pain, which was my three guy college roommates that lived in an apartment and beat him up in the street. Oh, he that was extreme. He wouldn't stop coming to the house. Oh. He was a stalker. Okay. Well, so perhaps pain necessary. On of, pain on top of pain, which isn't ideal. No. But that does happen to a lot of women, I think. Where the men are very can be very aggressive. Yeah, I think it's, it's two scary. different levels. Totally, totally, totally. Breaking up with the same person, <laughs> I would keep it sane. Yeah, and I think we're we are in a new era with that too. With it, where we are discussing the idea of consent in a way that was almost unimaginable ten or twenty years ago. So you know, I think now everyone would hear you know a way he keeps coming, and that behavior would be seen as kind of a big red flag. And hopefully there would be resources other than the three friends, you know, and their fists. That's all I had at the moment. That's all you had at the moment. But, you know, I do think those rules have changed, or at least the sensibilities around them have. No, I think that's great. I think you're right. Smart to point that out. Play it out and end it if it needs ending. I think the... Overall, great love basic is attitude is everything. You know, your positive perception, your belief that you're lovable, that you will be a success at love means a lot. And it was once thought success most depended on intelligence, which would apply to love, because if you're ever going to be dumb in life, that's probably the area you'll be dumb in. But that was put to bed with need for cognition, that the indicator strongest of success was a need to know more knowledge. And I think that so strongly applies to love. Can you, and I'd love if you would talk a little bit about what you think about attitude. Attitude, kind of where, at what point? Janet's saying attitude is everything. And how you approach this. Dating or relationships. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go in, you know, and I think people, it's it's very easy for people to get very burned, right? And then they take that burned self with them, you know, into people who haven't actually done anything to them. And, right, but they, you know, they're looking for the next betrayal, the next disappointment, and, you know, the universe will give it to you. If, if that's kind of the approach that you're taking, um, I think, you know, the attitude of, okay, I'm going to be open to this, right? I'm going to be the open to the possibility that this is going to work. And that doesn't mean ignore red flags or leave, you know, leave your wits at the door. But you have to have a little bit of optimism, 
Right. And if you're keep if you keep going out there, then I think you do, but you have to bring it with you and kind of project that as well. That's such a great point. Such a great point. Um, we're going to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but I just wanted to ask first your friend and then you. Okay. What is love? Comfort. And being known. What do you mean? Um, I think we fall in love with in the hopes that someone will see us. And I think that's a big, that's a big part of a successful relationship is you see the person and in different ways at different times. So with the hummus and the chocolate chip <laughs> cookies fell in love. The hummus and the chocolate chip cookies fell in love. <laughs> that, and Do- I, Dr. Page, what is love? I think it's the ability to put someone else either first or at least in a position of great importance without losing any piece of yourself in the process. I like that one. (laughs) Thank you. And I had a client I was particularly proud of. She had one of the worst divorces ever. One of these people who discovered after 30 years of marriage that her husband had led an underground life of many affairs for 30 years. And it was so tough. That's a big betrayal. It's a big betrayal, and it ruins a sense of identity. But then once she recovered and started dating, she really locked on to my saying, it's a numbers game. You keep going till you find what's right. So she would say, if she walked away from a bad date, good. Well done. I'm closer. I love that. Words to words to uh, move forward with. Ladies, any closing thoughts today? I think we wrapped it up I, with a bow. Yeah, I think we've gotten the point across. Not diminishing yourself in the process. Helping another feel loved guarantees making you be lovable. But also, it takes being interesting and genuine. And it's self-revealing. If you can't explain yourself to the person you love and you're not understood, you'll never feel loved. Words to live by. Thank you, ladies. Love, power. Love, power! (laughs) it's a wrap thanks for listening to Love Power with Dr. Janet Page keep up with Dr. Page and all of her advice check her out on Instagram at Love Power Janet Page keep the power